Right now on the line from the North Island, I have uh, Bernie Griffin. Good morning to you, Bernie. Good morning, James. How are you? Not too bad, mate. And yourself? I'm good, thank you. Oh, that's that's well. You should be chipper. Today is release day for uh, solo record number three. I mean, I guess we call it solo record because um, it's with the Thin Men. Um, doors wide open. So congratulations on that one. Say that again. What? Oh, I see. Congratulations on uh, record release day. Yeah, it's exciting, man. Oh. It's been a hard drive to get it get it out there, but it's um, away now today. It's on its way. It's on its way now. Um, now, with with you, Bernie, I've always found there's a story. Um, and <laughs> there's always a story, uh, and I like that about you. Um, I really do. Um, so what? You know, and there was a story to recording this album. So what? You know, what? What's that story? Tell us about what happened. Uh, well, we were we were um, Kirsten and I had booked a, a European tour. Um, Back in 2016, and um, <clears throat> when the day that we were leaving home, I wasn't very well. I, I suffer from asthma, and I've got emphysema as well. And I'd been a bit sick, and, and we were tossing up whether I should go or not. And I started taking some prednisone, which is a drug you take for your lungs, anti-inflammatory things. And um, and being me, I'm as stubborn as a bull, you know. And I just said, "No, nah, let's go." And um, we got on the aeroplane. That's the last thing I remember. And uh, I woke up in uh, Brisbane Hospital four days later, and I'd been um, apparently I'd had a um, pneumonia, and I wasn't aware of it. And when we got thirty thousand feet, uh, my lungs didn't function very well. I went into a coma, and um, they just turned the plane back. It was just a little bit north of, of Brisbane when. Uh, there was there was a doctor on the phone. He just said, "You need to put this man in hospital." And so they turned the airplane around and um, dropped it into Brisbane, and they put them uh, Brisbane hospitals. And um, where they, they looked after me really well, fantastic. <coughs> and I just, you know, um, well, I woke up a few days later, and my son was there, and I opened my eyes, and I thought, because we're on a Chinese. Um, I think South China Airlines mm-hmm. um, and my son's here I'm thinking what's my son doing in what's he doing in China <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. Up, uh, what's he doing here you know and they bought the kids over because they thought I might croak Jesus so yeah that's how we arrived in, in, in Australia and we had to cancel all, we had to cancel the tour in Europe and I wasn't even sure I'd ever be able to fly again really um, so oh god it's hard telling the story because I've just I really haven't told anybody the story so I've written a little bit about it but, um, and so I, I we stayed in when I got out of the hospital we stayed in um early heads for about six weeks with my cousin Mark who's an amazing woman and uh, just recuperation because I, I had to have some appointments at the, at the hospital in, in Brisbane which is about an hour north you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I um, <coughs> so we just did that I was recuperating really and I started looking around to play because you know you're restless I'm a restless person and I just started to look around see what was happening around there and all that kind of stuff and um, I felt, you know, I was, and I wasn't that well. I was, um, you know, I was coming right 
pretty much, and it's nice. You know, it's a nice climate up there. It's really warm, and um, it's not really over hot. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's just kind of warm and nice, so I felt pretty comfortable here. And, uh, um, and anyway, what we did, we just talked, Chris and I were talking about it, and we were just kind of relaxing and starting to sort of readjust our plans because we couldn't come home. We'd rented out our house. Well, we could come home, of course. Uh, rented out our house, and uh, uh, we thought, well, fuck it, we'll go down and we'll have a drive down the drive down the coast and see some friends in Sydney and then get down to Melbourne and play some music. Um, Melbourne's a city where I've lived before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A fantastic place, you know, full of music and art and poetry and literature and, you know, protests. And it's a really active, interesting city and it's got the population of New Zealand in one city, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and I just so we just went so we slowly we went down the coast and once I got cleared by the hospital we slowly took off went down through Sydney and saw friends we saw friends all the way down I got friends all through northern New South Wales and, and we just kind of did that kind of a trip you know and um, which we hadn't never ever done before like you know we've been together for 36 years I mean I've done that trip myself when I was a young fella um, yeah, anyway, that's what we did, and, and uh, we got to Melbourne and started playing uh, open mics, and people were really interested in what I was doing, and um, I found, you know, I started doing things like playing in the local community bands, like the uh, Brunswick Old Time uh, Band, which was like 30 people, <laughs> uh, 25 people who could play, and who couldn't play, and five people who could play. And it was, um, you know, they're, they're, every couple of weeks you get together with these people and, and you have one guy who was, who was kind of leading it, who was getting paid, who was a really good musician, and I'd teach you, you know, Django Reinhardt song or something else. It was really good fun. This is happening. These kind of um, community music things are happening all over Melbourne every every week. <clears throat> and I started talking, because most of it's acoustic, you know, fiddle players and... Bass, you know, upright, uh, upright bass players and tub bass players and banjo players and mandolin players and well, not so good players and harmonica <laughs> players and people who just want to be there and hit a spoon, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, it's really good fun. <laughs> uh, and, of course, I started talking to the guys who were leading them because they were just great musicians, most of them. And I was said, oh, I said to one of them one night, oh, um, I'm looking for a, a really good folk producer, you know, someone who knows something about acoustic music. And um, they, this guy was, his name was Strat, and he said, oh, you should get hold of Luke Plum. And so I did, and um, Luke came around to hell. We'd, we'd, we, you know, we'd um, taken a apartment for four months or three months, and. Um, we were living in Brunswick and Ligon Street, and um, Luke came around, and I really, I, I rang him on the phone, said, "Hey, come over. It'd be nice to have a look at you before making any decisions. See if we're going to get on all right." You know, he and I, uh, when we met, we got on really well. He certainly um, understood what was happening, and, and you know, we we're on the kind of the same page musically. Mm -hmm. um, and he's a, uh, so he produced the record, and we did it really quick. You know, like this is towards the end of our. We didn't make that record tour, and we kind of just finished it when we left 
in September of 2016, I think, to come home. So we were rushing to get it finished um, by the time we got going. And, and I thought, in all my naivety, that you know, if I made a record in September, I'd have it out by the following February or something. <laughs> you, should, you should know better than that, Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. And so you got to wait to get it all correct, you know, ducks in a row and... We've done that, so here we are. So, I mean, I mean, there's always silver linings, I, I guess, in a way, to a lot of things. I mean, not everything has a silver lining, of course, but uh, you know, out, out of um, out of something bad like having, you know, gone into a coma on an airplane, out comes a record, um, travels through Australia, meeting fine people. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's fantastic you were able to do that, and fantastic you got to come home as well. Um, now the record uh it's the first album with the better half of your life equation um the incredible Kirsten Warner um yeah. it's the first <laughs> it's the first you know I, I absolutely love her she's such a beautiful wahine um what challenge yeah. you know what challenges and new elements did that kind of um you know expanding of your partnership bring to your music oh put a whole lot of change to all of us to everything that we do because we just kind of Oh, well, it's, it's a long story, Jamie. Yeah. But we changed. We had to negotiate lots of things, you know, like Kirsten's a new musician, really. Yeah. Six years, maybe. Um, and she's got an enormous amount of courage to take that on. Um, and I really admire it, the way that she goes about it. And, and uh, But that doesn't mean that we agree on everything. Yeah. And... Uh, um, so, you know, there was a lot of negotiating going on. That was hot and hot and spicy at times. And it was, you know, it was funny at times. It was all those things, you know. Yeah. Um, and in the, in the meantime, I'm trying to teach, I'm teaching Kirst to sing a harmony and to, to, to have enough confidence to sing a lead and, you know, all stuff which most people wouldn't even try. Yeah. You know, they wouldn't even try it, man. I hear people say, oh, I can't sing all the time. I think it's just bollocks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I, I think, let me have you for a month. I'll have you singing. Yeah, that's right. You we <laughs> <laughs> well, you need a little bit of willingness. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, that's, that's what we did, you know, and she learned to play the guitar, and then and, um, she's done, she must have done 150 shows with me now. Wow. So she got dumped right on the deep end. She did. <laughs> and then with this with this record, I could hear those songs like Laura Jane and um, Sweet Obsession. They were just made for her, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, they're my songs, and they've been around, those songs have been around me for quite a while, maybe 20 years, you know, and I'd, they never really found their home until Kirsten's voice hit them, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and also there needed to be an adjustment and... and and what we were doing together, so that it became more more equal. You know, it's, it's not a it's not Bernie Griffin bossing everybody around. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not interested in that, really. Yeah. I'm, occasionally, I'd like to be, but um, <laughs> you know I better. I can fucking have a tantrum and get my own way. <laughs> but life ain't like that, you know. It's just kind of. We just kind of, I don't know, we just keep attacking life. I'm an eternal optimist, man. I don't know mm. why I'm like that, but I have had the weirdest life. 
It's a good way to be, though, Bernie. Yeah, yeah. And Kirsten's an amazing woman. You know, I've been with her for 36 years, and I admire her. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Nice. And I love working with her. We work things out. Um, she's creative. She's she's um, publishing a novel this year. Is she? Yeah, in June or July, I think. Nice. Um, um, she's releasing a novel, so you'll probably hear, you'll probably have to interview her later on this year. I will. I will. About that. Mm-hmm. And a book of poems, I think, later on in the year, maybe September, I'm not sure. Of course. Um, so she, she's got her hands full this year. Is she looking at putting some of... Now, now she's learning, you know, how to sing and uh, play guitar. Is she looking at putting some of her work to music? Well, we do talk about it occasionally, yes. I think she, I think she finds it a little um, uh, odd, the metre of songs to mm-hmm. poetry, you know. Like, poetry doesn't necessarily become lyric. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it often needs work to become a lyric before it's, it's not naturally as rhythmic as um, songs. And songs repeat themselves a lot. Yeah, <coughs> yeah. So it's a different game, isn't it? It is. I mean, it is. And learning learning that is putting that through the rhythm of a guitar or a tune or whatever, you, whichever way you do it. It's um, you know, it's not. No, well, it's not that easy. No. Now, um, speaking of um, different games, um, this album is a lot brighter um, than one's past. Um, you know, is, is, is that just, uh, you know, was that, is that purposeful or is it just um, art imitating life? No, I think it's just, yeah, it's just um, cleaning out a whole lot of, the last three records cleaned out a whole lot of songs that I've had for a long time. And mm-hmm. this one has got new you know, songs from a new man. If you yeah. know what I mean, yeah. uh, uh, I really like this record, and um, I think it's um, yeah, I think it's one of the best things I've done. It's got some very positive aspects to it, rather than the melancholy ones that I'm so well known for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and that wasn't conscious. That's just the way the songs came out. You know, there's, there's a song on there called "I Fell Out of the Sky," which is about a girl getting killed on the motorway, and um, in North Queensland, in Queensland, and that's you know it's a sad, beautiful blues song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's the, the, the title track, "Doors Wide Open," which is like saying, "Hey, you're welcome, come home," you know. Yeah. And so there's that, um, you know, in my brain exploded, which was the first single. It's just a mad song about being alive, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, being alive is mad. Right. Yeah, it is. <laughs> hey, um, now you wouldn't be, uh, you know, I mean, this album wouldn't be anywhere without uh, the Thin Men, um, and I know that the band and the personnel in the band are really important to you. So, who, who's in the? Who have we got in the band? Well, currently at the moment playing, we've got Chris Kemp on drums, who's he used to be in the Breeders Suede and the Motel Six, and he's played in rockabilly bands mostly, um, rock and roll bands. And uh, Gary Trotman, who's an old bluegrass boy, mm-hmm. um, plays upright bass, and we're just starting off touring today, so he's he's um, out with us at the moment. So that's it. It's just the four of us. Oh, just the four of you this time. All right, nice, Kirst, nice. Kirsten and myself, and um, and we'll come to the South Island when people want us to come. Yeah. Yeah, this is the thing. We've got to get Bernie to the South once again um, because you know, I mean. 
so many tales I've talked to you about in the past have been relating to the South Island, and um, they've always been a treat hearing them. So um, I need you to come down so you can um, you can you can have some new tales to tell. Yeah, that's right. It'd be fantastic. Just, oh, we'd love to come too, but I'm not going to throw money at the South Island if the South Island won't come out and see us. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Last time we played in the evening, I think we had 12 people or something. <sighs> come on, so, Dunedin. It's not encouraging, is it? No, no, it's not encouraging at all, Bernie. I mean, I think people forget how expensive these things really are at times. Um, yeah. Well, you know, one way of getting you to come down, I guess, is to get people to buy the record, and um, and then you'll have a bit more, you know, see the people of Otipoti buying the record, and then that will give you a little bit of a, uh, a hurry-up along, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, and they'll, and they'll just um, they'll start to enjoy it, and then you know, when they see... I mean, it's just a accumulation of audience really is what we need so we need to see people if they see us coming they need to get out and see us not so we'll see them next time yeah yeah okay. yeah 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 I, I know people want to see us but they they often miss <laughs> yeah I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm guilty of that in the past with a lot of bands, to be honest. Um, all right well we're gonna have to leave it there but the record's out it's out today um and it is available from, uh, I guess, uh, online, and you'll be able to get it at record stores soon. Yeah, well, it's in most record stores. Is there a record store in Dunedin? Yeah, Relics. Relics is here, and I guess um, JB Hi-Fi. I can't get into them. <laughs> really? So I'm doing the distribution myself. Oh, yeah. No, well, it should be at Relics, hopefully. Oh, it's not. I haven't sent it to them. You know, I have to ring them up. Oh, I ring them up. Relics Records. Yeah, okay. All right, sweet. And then, um, yeah. So, um, doors wide open. The new record from Bernie uh, Griffin and the Thin Men. Um, once again, it's always a pleasure talking to you, my friend. No, thanks, Jamie. It's yeah. nice to talk to you, man. Yeah, it's really good to catch up. And um, I'm going to play my, bla- uh, my brain exploded right now, I reckon. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, yeah, mate. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, have a good one and good luck with the tour. Okay, Jamie. Thank All right. you. Cheers, mate. Bye. Bernie Griffin, Bernie Griffin and the Thin Men. Their album is called Doors Wide Open. Uh, get it when it comes out at Relics. He'll get it down here. I'll find it online. You can stream um, the the first single. Oh, I think the whole album's up online, but here's my brain exploded, the first single from the album. You're on the one, 91FM.